This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. And also, uh, Ari Zevanino. And Ari Zevanino. Okay. Okay, good evening, everyone. So we uh, continue. We're in the sugya of Toma Vatara Masech Techegiga on Daf Chaf Amad Beis. The Gemara just said the following Yisrael on the bottom line on Chaf Amad Aleph. The Gemara brought <coughs> the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. The Gemara said, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Chazaka in Adam, Meshamer Mashabiyad Chaveray. Then when it comes to the laws of Tumah Vatara, even if someone is very vigilant, and someone's really on guard, and they're watching their own property, even if they're looking at someone else, and even if that someone else has their property, nevertheless you do not guard what is in the possession of someone else. So the Gemara challenges that now. In fact, the Gemara of Veloy, is that true? Vatanya, we learned in Abraisa. Harei shahayu chamorav upayalav t'unin We learned in Abraisa if you're, let's say you're a donkey driver, or your workers were laden with tarais. That means you have hired donkey drivers, Rashi points out they're ame ha'aretz, and they're laden with taharais, for example, wine, barrels of... Uh, now, these barrels are earthenware barrels. Now, we know the halacha when it comes to earthenware is earthenware does not contract tumah from the outside, only from the inside. Klicharis is not metame from the outside. So the only way these amehaaretz could have been metame, these barrels, is if they stuck their hands inside. The thing is, you're watching them. So we say that if your donkey drivers or your workers were laden with tarois, even though they distance themselves more than a mil. A mil is about a mile, about 2,000 amos. Your taharois, which are in the earthenware basket, barrels, are tahar. Rashi says, and we're not worried, maybe they touched it. Because since you, since you didn't tell them that you're going to let them go far away, in other words, you didn't tell them you're going to really lag behind, as far as they know, you're going to keep pace with them. So they think at every moment you're going to come. So therefore, you don't have to suspect that maybe they touched it. But the question is, from here we see, that why is it tahar? Because you're guarding what's in their possession. So we see, not like the Gemara was mechadesh earlier, that ain't other meshamer mashviyad chaveroi. But rather we see that a person is meshamer mashviyad chaveroi. Because these donkey drivers... They, they can't be trusted on their own. They're only trusted because uh, they suspect that you're watching. So we see that a person does do a shmirah in terms of tara on the possessions that are in someone else's house. It's someone else's possession. Now, Asi wanted me to do that big toysis on your testament base, which we said, remember that huge toysis that we took, takes up most of the page? And uh, we pointed out that it's not really on the page. It's actually on this Gemara. And the main question that Toysus is bothered by is that here we're dealing with Amei Aretz. We know the Chachamim were Goizer and Amei Aretz, that they have a din of a Zav. So the question is, we know that a Zav that moves a Kli Cheres, moving something is like moving it from the in, is like touching it from the inside. So very good, these Amei Aretz won't stick their hand on the inside. But at, they're, at the end of the day, they're moving it. And a zav is metame, an earthenware kli, by moving it. So why isn't it tame by dint of the fact that the amaaretz is moving it, since amaaretz have a din of a zav? 
So Taisa says that this halacha that we give, Ameyaretz, the din of Azov, is only regarding touching and not regarding moving. Because if Ameyaretz were, had a din of Azov regarding moving, you would never be able to use a Jewish mover. You hear this, Zemi? You can't, you'll, every mover would be disqualified because every mover, we would assume, you know, unless he's a Tamechacha mover, but if he's an Ameyaretz, if by giving him a din of Azov, he's Matamechlicheres, nobody would be able to use Jewish movers. So therefore, in order to allow Jewish movers, they did not give the, the Amaretz, the din of Azov, Legabe moving. Okay. The bottom line is, we see from here that regarding, um, that a person does guard what's in his friend's possession. Now, we're going to quote the end of the Brisa. The end of the Brisa says, lohem, But if you tell these movers, Lechu, go ahead, achrechem, and I'm following you. So basically, they know that you're really lagging behind. Once you sort of uh, ignore and stop watching the movers, taharois of tameos. You have to assume your taharois are tame, because out of sight, out of mind, you're not watching them. But at least in the Reisha, we see that <coughs> while they're in eyeshot, even though they're very far away from you, we say the rule that a person guards what's in their friend's position, possession. So that's a kash on what we said before. Now, the Gemara immediately asks on this bride, so what's the difference between the Reisha and the Seifa? Maishna Reisha, Maishna Seifa. In other words, Rashi says we shouldn't even be goyres, the words Maishna Reisha, Maishna Seifa. The kasha is, if a person does not guard what's in their friend's possession, then in the Reisha also, the Taroi should be Tomei. Rashi says, If you're going to think a person does not guard what's in their friend's possession, So the Gemara answers, You know why it really a person does not guard what's in their friend's possession? Ah, if a person does not guard what's in their friend's possession, why in the Reisha is it Tahar? The Reisha is talking about where you dunked these workers in the mikvah. So even though really you're not watching them, but th- there's nothing to be worried about because they can't be matame because you were, you expressly immerse them for it. it. Says Rashi, Really, a person would never guard what's in their friend's possession. Vahani and these ain't srich and shimor. They don't need to be guarded. The inami nagu. Because even if they did touch, we wouldn't be concerned. We're talking about where you're a toivo, meaning really you don't watch what's in your friend's possession. I so why aren't we worried that these guys touched your taros? We are. So why aren't they tummy? Because you dunked them in the mikvah before the job. So why is it safe? Ah, uh, so then good. Ihachi, safe nami. In the Seifa also, if you dunk them, so so what if you, they're far away from you? But um, there's nothing to worry about. Sigmar says there is, because even though they, there's nothing to worry about if they touch it, because they're Tahar, but they may let someone else touch it. In Amaretz Makbid Amaga Chaver. And Amaretz will not be Makbid on his friends touching. Sigmar says, Yihachi Reishanami. And the Reisha also. Because if really you don't guard what's in your friend's possession, 
Isn't there a concern in the Reisha that someone else touched it? Says, Since you're not so far, Rashi says, you could catch them on a, a circuitous route. Since you're not so far, they're afraid you're going to come suddenly through like a curvy route. And therefore, they're afraid and they're going to make sure nobody touches it. So, the, so now the question is, if um, Tysus wants to know, so then why do we have to say that, um, the Gemara, one second, the Gemara asks, Why aren't they worried in the Seifa? The answer is, Since you told them, go ahead, and I'll follow you, They rely in their mind that uh, you're not coming so fast, that you're not going to nail them. So Toysus asks, So basically the bottom line, the difference between the Reisha and the Seifa is in the Reisha they're afraid because you're not too far, so you might cut them off and catch them suddenly. And therefore they're not going to touch it and no one else is going to, they're going to, they're going to make sure no one else touches it. And uh, when you're far away from them, so even though you're a Matahir them, but maybe someone else will touch it. So Toysus says, why did... If the if the case of the ratio is you could, you could cut them off and therefore they're afraid, then why does it have to be you are matahir them? So Tosu says you still need that you are matahir them for this, in order that they'll be afraid to touch it. Meaning, in order for them to have fear to touch it, it has to be you are matahir them. Otherwise, they're not uh, afraid to touch it. They don't, they don't think they're Tomei. Taisha says, V'ilav hachi loy mirtachi, holu moisin lohem atarois. And they consider themselves as if they're Tahar. Okay. So, Hajin Allah in Darshan. We finished the pack in Darshan. Hopefully that means in our matzah we finished the parsha that the Rebbe Hashem doesn't want us to seek him out. And now we start the parsha of Dirshu Hashem. So we should start the next parak, Choymer B'Kaidash, the, the, the Chumrah, and the severity of Kachim, and the importance of Kachim, of being Mailam B'Kaidash. Okay, so now the, really as we pointed out, this, this is really a continuation of the previous parak, and really the Mishnayis, um, that of Tarois, should, should have been the beginning of the third parak, but we explained that we didn't want the previous parak to end about the Baitusim and the Tzadokim, and therefore it appendaged a little bit of the Taros to the, to the previous parak, so that it shouldn't end on a bad note. So this Mishnah, and uh, this Mishnah is going to tell us, 11 Chumras of Kodshim over Truma. We know there's a, something called Chulin, and there's something called Meister Shani, and we know Truma, because it's more... Holy and more kadosh, it has the it has the ability and the vulnerability to become a shlishi, and kachim because it's even more holy could become a ravi. So the uh, the Mishnah says like this: Choymer bekoidesh mi There's a chumra of kachim over truma. Kachim has a chumra over truma. And we're going to say 11 chumrois that Kachim has over Chuma. Number one, Shemat Vilin Kalim Betoch Kalim Lechuma. That let's say you need to be Toivo Kalim of Truma that became Tameh. 
you could be toivel two kalim one within the other. Avaloila kodesh, but not for kodesh. And the Gemara will explain why we're more machmer by kachim. Number two, a, a kli can have different components to it. It can have an outside, an inside. It can have a, a handle or a base hatsvito. We'll see in the Gemara what that means. So normally we say that when one part of a kli becomes tame, it does not affect the other part of the kli. So, achayrayim, the outside of a kli, v'toich, and the inside of a beis hatzvita, and the beis hatzvita, we'll see in the Gemara what that means, betruma, avaloi b'kaydash. Meaning a kli that has different components, that um, has different parts to it, is considered a kli b'fnei regarding truma. That if one part became Tameh, the other part does not become Tameh. Regarding Truma, if one part of a Kli became Tameh, the rest of the Kli remains Tahar. Now, Rashi explains, this is only true by Tumah Durabanan, by Tumah Raisa, when one part of a Kli becomes Tameh, the whole thing is Tameh. But by Tumah Durabanan, when we, we say when one part becomes uh, Tameh, the rest is Tahar. But not for Kodshim. For Kodshim, even for Tumah Durabanan, when one part of the Kli is Tameh, the rest is Tameh. So, Avaloi B'Kodesh. Next, Hanoiseyas Hamidras, someone who carries something that a Zav carried or wore. We know that when a Zav wears something or carries something, that item becomes an Avatama. So let's say you're carrying in one hand, say, the shoe or the shirt of a Zav. So if you carry that shirt, which is an Avatama, then you could carry truma in your other hand. Now why? You're a reshine, and you're going to render the uh, uh, the truma a sheni. So Rashi says we're talking about, in your other hand, you're carrying the truma in a barrel. So you're not coming in contact with the uh, truma, and we're talking about a barrel of earthenware. And the barrel of earthenware cannot become tummy from the outside. So if you're carrying in one hand a midras of a zav, you could carry truma in another hand, but not koydesh, kodshem were more machmer. And we'll see in the Gemara why. Next halacha, and this halacha we had in the previous Mishnah, big day oichle truma midras lekoydesh. The begadim of those who eat truma are a midras for koydesh. Meaning the garments of those who eat truma are still not guarded vigilantly enough for those who eat kachim. Loi kemidas hakodesh midas hachuma. Chumra number five. Not like the mida of kachim is the mida of truma. What does that mean? When when we deal with the dinam of chatzitza and being toivo truma, the laws of chatzitza for truma are more lenient than the laws of chatzitza for kachim. How's that? We know that if a garment has a knot, let's say you two you tie two garments together. If the knot is loose, it should not be a chatzitza. So regarding truma, it's not a chatzitza. So regarding truma, matir. Now another thing is, if a garment is wet, you could still be toivalet. But when it comes to kodshim, we're extra machmer. Number one, by kodshim we say, a, gar- a garment cannot have a knot, a knot would be a chatzitza. Number two, for kodshim we say, that... It cannot be wet. So the Mishnah says, Not like the laws of Kachim are the laws of Chuma regarding Chatzitza. For Kachim, you need to untie all the knots. 
you need to dry all the garments, and you need to be toivel. The acher kach koisher, and then you're gonna, then you could tie it. But if a truma, when it comes to truma koisher, you tie the garment, the acher kach matvil, and then you're toivel the garment. Okay, weiter. Kalim hanigmarim b'tahara. Means like this. Typically, a kli is not makabal tumah unless it's uh, complete. But if it it cannot contract tumah before the the kli is finished being made. So let's say you have a kli that contracted that came into contact with tumah, but it was not nigmar. And at the time when it was nigmar, from the moment it was completed, you were careful that it remained tahar. Kalim hanigmar and betara kalim that are completed in tara. Tzrichin Tvila L'Kaidash Require Tvila for Kachim Avaloy L'Truma But not Truma Meaning If a Kli became It came into contact with Tuma For Before it was completed Then for Kachim you would have to immerse the Kli But not for Truma Next There's a rule I'll tell you an interesting Halacha there's a concept that a kli could be mitzaref, all the items in it. I'll tell you where we sometimes apply this halacha. There, there's a chumrah of the benish chai. We don't pask in this way. That for shalachmanis, if you um, technically you could give somebody echves uh, two jelly beans, but if it's in one kli, the benish chai says the kli is mitzaref that it's only considered one min. So. Sometimes we apply this phenomenon that a kli joins together whatever's in it. So the mission says, A kli mitzaref masha b'soychai l'koidesh. A kli joins up what's in it for kodshim avaloi l'truma, but not for truma. So l'gabi kodshim, we say like this. Let's say you have two pieces of kodshim and a kli, and one of them become tame, then the other one is tame even though they're not touching, because the kli joins them both together, but not for truma. Haravi bekoidash. The ravi. Um, oh, so like this. We know that uh, there's something called avi avaisatoma. That's a dead body. There's something called an avatoma. Someone who touches a dead body or a zav or a nida. Then you, there's a rishain batoma. If someone touches an avatoma, a person could become a rishain. A kli could become a rishain. Now, Risha and Batuma could make food and drink a Shani. And pretty much that's the highest that Tuma goes, or the lowest that Tuma goes. But because Truma is so holy, Truma could become a Shlishi. But if a Shlishi, which is Truma, touches other Truma, nothing happens. Kachim could become a Ravi. Since Kachim is so holy, it could become a Ravi. So, Haravi Bekaidesh Pasal. A ravi on kadshim is pasal. Now the word pasal in the context of tumma means it itself is disqualified, but it cannot be matami something else. So a ravi by kadshim is really the furthest it goes. The hashlishi betruma. And when it comes to truma, the furthest it goes is uh, shlishi. Now, regarding truma, let's say when it comes to tumadrabanan, we know Tumad Rabbanon only makes your hands tame and not your body. So we say, By Truma, if one of your hands became tame, the other one became tahar. And by Kodshim, 
In other words, by truma, if one hand becomes tamidabanan, the other one is tahar, still. By kodshim, you have to be toivo both of them. Because by kodshim, one hand, if one hand is tummy, the other hand is tummy. Sharei metame, it's chaverta, bekoidesh avaloi betshuma. It's metame, it's friend, for kodshim and not for truma. What's the case if we always say stam yadayim are tummy? How could one hand only be tummy, the other one be tar? I guess let's say you were, you were toivo them, or you washed them, so now they're, they're tahar, and then one hand became tame midrabanan. What would that be? I don't know. Uh, you touched. Um, well, how would how would you? Understand oh, that that you know you know only one hand became coming. You were you were not <coughs> right. And you know the other one is fine. Right. Okay. Number okay. Number ten. We know that if, in order for something to become tame, it has to be huchsher lekabel tama. Something, a food, cannot just become Tameh. If you have a face, a banana, you have a, an apple, it can't, it can't just become Tameh. It has to become wet first. So you're allowed to eat dry food with Tameh hands by Truma. Let's say your hands are Tameh. Again, we're talking about uh, your hands are Tameh with Shni ice. Because if your hands are Chveis or Rishain, they could make the... Uh, it's talking about your hands are Shni ice. For truma, and then if the truma did not become wet, it's not hochsher lekabel tuma. So then you're allowed to eat truma with with tummy hands if they're if the food is dry. But if we're dealing with kachim, you cannot eat it, even though the kachim is dry. And finally, the eleventh halach is ha'oinein, a person who's an oinein. An oinein is someone who their relative passes away. However. Um, the, let's say they did not come in contact with the mace, so they're not tummy. Technically, Midaraisa, a person is an oinein the whole first day. Or Mechusar Kippurim. Mechusar Kippurim is somebody, like Rashi says, like a Zav, who was Toivel on the seventh day, and Shkia came. So he's technically, he has a certain level of Tahara, because he, he went to the mikvah, and the seventh days are over. And on the next day, he has to bring a carbon. So his, so if if someone is an oinein or someone is a mechuser kipurim, you still need tefillah. Meaning, if you want to eat kachim, you got to go to the mikvah again. Even though you went to the mikvah on the seventh day, you have to go to. Since you still didn't bring your carbon, you're not considered fully tahar until you bring until you go to the mikvah. Likewise, an oinein cannot eat. Uh, he could eat truma. But uh, he can't eat kachim until he goes to the mikvah. So these are the 11 chumras of kachim over truma. And Bezos Hashem, next week we'll do chaf aleph, amen aleph. Uh, next week, Arab Pesach is a very short blot. Again, it's a, you have a, a tremendous tesis. And um, the Rebbein should give us siyat Maya to understand his Torah. Cool, we're going to just say one parak of Tehillim. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.